So Sunday, if you were here Sunday, I told you we are going to start a new series on Wednesday night entitled, A Friend of God. And I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked about teaching this because of just what's really come out of Scripture about the word friend. <clears throat> and uh, so tonight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend a little, I don't know how many weeks we'll teach on this on Wednesday night, but I'm going to, on purpose, spend tonight in a number of different scriptures to lay a foundation of what I want you to get from this message. You know, it's not just, uh, I'm not, I'm, we're not here, and I'm not up here tonight just to preach something to you or at you. I want you to, I want you to catch something in this passage or in, in, in this message. And I want you to catch something from these passages of Scripture tonight that I believe is really life-changing. So I'm going to take my time on this, and, and, and we'll get through this. We don't have a lot of time, but, but most of what I'm going to do tonight is lay foundation. So the title of my message is A Friend of God. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you <clears throat> my definition of a friend, which is, is compiled of a number of different um, dictionaries, and just word searches that, that I do. And then I, I try to put something together where it, it really defines what I believe that God wants me to get across tonight in, in Scripture. And so I want to give you this definition of a friend. It's someone, a, a friend is someone of value someone of integrity, of trust, someone who will fight for another no matter the issues and will never leave them. That's what a friend is. A friend is someone of value, someone of integrity, someone of trust, someone who will fight for another. A friend will fight for another person who is a friend, no matter what the issues are, and no matter what the person, the other person does, they'll never leave them. That's what a friend is. Okay, now, friendship is something different, because friendship is what people strive for, and friendship between two people is something that is mutual. Someone who is proven trustworthy that another person says that they're my friend because they've been proven trustworthy. Somebody that has been in a relationship, two different people that have been proven sincere. People that have integrity. And that have proven themselves to one another over a long period of time. But, and maybe this isn't you in your life, and maybe you've not experienced this before, but 
What I just defined in friendships is one of the reasons that friendships don't last. It's the reason that a lot of BFFs don't last as BFFs. But we're best friends forever, but you let me down. See, a friend, when a person is a friend, they are a friend forever. And tonight, I want to take the difference in a friend and a friendship and look at what the Scripture says about a friend. And I want to look at what God said about Him identifying people who He says are friends. So, let's look at this tonight. And like I said, I've got a number of Scriptures that I'm going to give you, but I think you'll like this. Um, Proverbs 17 17 says, Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times. A friend loves at all times. A friend is always there. A friend loves at all times. Now, I want to give you, I want to give you three things that the Bible identifies God as. In other words, God is the first thing, love. God is love. A friend loves always. 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Remember, I'm laying foundation, so just bear with me. 1 Corinthians 13 says in verse 4, Love suffers long, and love is kind, and love does not envy, love does not parade itself, love is not puffed up, love does not behave rudely, love does not seek its own, love is not provoked, love thinks no evil, never, ever. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. We won't look at the verse, but it's 1 John 4 and verse 7, I think. God is love. So, so, God is patient, and God is kind, 
And God doesn't envy ever. And God does not parade himself. God is not puffed up. God does not behave rudely, does not seek his own. God is not provoked. God never thinks evil. God does not rejoice in iniquity. God rejoices in the truth. God bears all things. God believes all things. God hopes all things. God endures all things. And God never fails. Now, the tendency is for people to read that passage of Scripture and find themselves under condemnation for what they don't do. But the truth is, it didn't say that you're patient. It said God is, that love is. And when I learn to love unlovely people, what happens is patience begins to be a part of me. When I learn to love unlovely people in unlovely situations, kindness begins to spring from me because that's what God is. It's not what God tries to be, it's what He is. And a friend always does that. Always. Always. A friend always is patient. See, a friend is. Not a friend to a friend, because then we're talking, fr- we're talking friendship. Then we're talking requirements that each other puts on each other, and I'll do it if you do it kind of a thing. Will you let me down? I'm going to let you down. See? But a friend. Tonight, my message is a friend of God. A friend of God. See, we don't, a lot of times we don't think, because we've been so trained in this society to think about reaction, we don't think about personal action. We've been trained to think about the reactions of others. What other people do. So people see through the eyes of reaction instead of what your actions are. What we do. And not... You, you can focus on your actions and what you do, and yet it be a negative because all you do is focus on how, quote, bad that you are. But I'm going to show you a couple things about how this friend relationship with God Almighty can transform your life. The second thing that God is, is He's a helper. Look at Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 13. And verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is, the Lord is, the Lord is. My helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? If a person fears men and what men can do to them, if a person is in fear of failure, fear of whatever, 
The Bible right there says that when the Lord who is the helper becomes your helper, when you become a friend of God and He is helping you because that's who He is, then fear has no place in you. Fear has no place where God is the help, where God is the friend, where I realize I am God's friend. Third thing that God is, found in Psalm 23 and 1, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. Psalm 23 and 1. The Lord is, He is a lot of other things too, but I give you three of these tonight. The Lord is my shepherd. And when the Lord who is my shepherd is my shepherd, then I don't want for anything. So where we want for things and we have unfulfilled desires in our life, it's because the Lord who is the shepherd is not my shepherd, not my friend, not my helper. You see, he's not that to me. So, then the next question is, then how are we friends with God? How is it that I'm a friend with God? Genesis 15, remember I'm laying foundation, so just bear with me till I get through this. Genesis 15 and verse 1. And these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring, Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside, and he said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to them, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you up out of, the Ur, out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord, how shall I know that I will inherit it? And he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And I won't read the rest of it. But what happened with Abram here 
what caused Abram to become who he was fixing to become was not the fact that he believed God and then he was righteous. It was because of the covenant that God cut with him. And that covenant enabled Abram to come into a realm with God that no human being had ever been not since Adam and Eve. And that was a short-lived period of time. Through that covenant, what the, the door that was opened was a door that mankind had never stepped through, and it ultimately, ultimately, it produced the ultimate sacrifice through Jesus Christ. So what the covenant produced was an open door for what the title of our message tonight is, being a friend of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 7. Oh, this is a powerful verse. He said, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, how long? Forever. He said, Is this God not? Are you not the God? that did for Abraham and for Abraham's descendants, who Abraham, notice, they, he just kind of threw in there, your friend forever? So, Abraham, Abraham is the friend of God forever, and not just the friend of God for Abraham, but the friend of all of his descendants, who you and I are were descendants of the Most High. Here's the funny thing about what happened with Abram. If it was Abram's belief that produced this open door, if it was the fact that he believed that established him in in righteousness, then it wouldn't have been 25 years from the time that God told him that I've made you the father of nations until he actually had a birth, had, had a son born from his loins, wouldn't have taken 25 years had it, had it been just the fact that he believed. Because where we just read in Genesis 15, Abram believed God and it was accounted for him righteousness, but in the next chapter, he didn't believe. And he didn't believe a number of different times. And as a result of his unbelief, it prolonged the process because God is patient (laughs) and he's kind and he's long-suffering and he's not in it for our demise, he's in it for our victory. He wants you and I to be victorious. You know why? Because we are a friend of God. And God is loyal to us. God will fight for us. God will stand for us. 
God will be patient for us no matter what happens, no matter what we do. Because this isn't about a friendship. With God, it's not about how good you and I are back to Him. God remains the same always. But what it, what it does is, when we begin to see how solid and rock solid that God is as a friend, what happens is, it should begin to change who we are. And as a result, what comes from this understanding of being a friend and this covenant that Abraham cut for all of his descendants for us to walk into, what should come as a result of that is an evolving of living a life that's right instead of looking for excuses to do what's wrong. Well, I'll I'll be a friend if they do right. No, God wants you to be right for right's sake, no matter what. God wants you and I to be like Him. We're to emulate His example. We're to live our lives after who He is, not comparing ourselves to other people. The weakest way to live on the planet, the most destructive way to live on the planet is to compare ourselves to other people. The more you compare, the littler you get. Because the enemy will make sure that you compare yourself to somebody that's doing what you think is so much more than you. God created you, as as the song we sang tonight, God created you victorious. He created you victorious. The victor's crown is what he wears, and you and I have the ability in life to wear and experience what the victor's crown produced. But we, we have to become people that become so disconnected from our emotions and everything that's working around us that's trying to discourage us and bring us down and be confident that God is who He says He is. And He's my helper. He's my shepherd. He is the love. He's all those things. And He'll do for me no matter what. He'll fight for me to the end no matter how many mistakes I make. He will stay with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me to the ends of the earth. And what that should do is empower us to live just like Him. I am a friend of God. How about you? I'm his friend. (laughs) I've got a lot of acquaintances in life, but very few real close friends. But I can tell you today that my friend relationship with God that expects nothing in return I didn't say there weren't requirements when we live for God, but he expects nothing in return in regards to him doing what he says is so. Whether you and I never get it, he'll still be the same way. He'll still be there. You get to heaven, and you're able to look back on things that happened. See, I was there with you. I was there for you. I was there. You rejected me, but I was there. You, you, you went the other way, but I was there. You made those choices, but I was there. I was there. I was there. I was always there. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you to the ends of the earth. But you know what's exciting? Is realizing 
that we can become the same way. We can become a friend the same way. No strings attached. No manipulation. You know, no working around the backside trying to make this happen, that happen. You know, no, no fear of man, no fear of anything else. No fear of not being promoted. Not, no fear of or, or jealousy of other people advancing ahead of me or any of those kind of things. We can live lives like that where we think more of the good of others than we think about ourselves. Isaiah 41. I'm going to go to right at 10 after, and then I'm stopping. And we'll just pick it up next Wednesday. Isaiah 41. In verse 8. But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, <laughs> my friend. The descendants of Abraham, my friend. The descendants of Abraham, my friend. God has chosen us. He chose us through Jesus Christ. He saw you before you even were. He had a plan for you. Before you were even thought about, God had a plan for your life. And before you even were, because of Abraham and because of covenant, he called you friend. <laughs> a friend of God friend of God. Look at this in Galatians. I'm going to take a detour in my scriptures tonight and we'll pick them up next week. But in Galatians 3 and verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. We're going to go into more detail about that next week. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them, by the law. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on who? Say me. We're the Gentiles. Or most of us. We're the Gentiles, right? Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come on Bert Wimberly. How? In Christ Jesus, which is covenant. Abraham's covenant opened the door for the covenant that was cut with Jesus Christ. And now through Jesus Christ that we 
might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We might receive the promise of everything that God intended, that, that God intended for mankind would come on us. How? How? Uh, I'm telling you that every day I live, the confidence that what this word says is true, is true to me, comes in the fact that I'm a friend of God. See, I am a friend of God. God is a friend of Burt Wimberley's. And he is the perfect friend because everything in 1 Corinthians 13 about the love of God, he is all those things, he's already done all those things, and those things are set in motion all the time. He will never think about himself. He will always think about me. He will always be kind. He will always be patient. He will always, always, he will never leave me. He will bear all things. He'll endure to the end. And because of who he is to me, I can't fail. It's impossible. So the more that I walk in the revelation of the fact that I'm a friend of God, that God is a friend of mine, that, that I am privileged to be called the friend of God in that realm of protection and care and surety and assurance and knowing comes the ability to be the same thing to other people. How will the world ever know that there's a God in heaven if it doesn't come through you and me? How will people ever really experience it? You know? This is the best-selling book on the planet. And there's all kinds of people that have this book sitting on a shelf in their house and they've never touched it. And it's not going to explode on their shelf and do something supernatural. I mean, you know, it, I'm not saying it can't, but that's not the norm, right? The norm is that what's in the pages of this book come out and get in the hearts of people and then they, through the people, demonstrate that love and that passion and that affection to others that people can know how big and real God is. And the more you and I live that way, and the more we experience it in our own lives, and the more that we know we're the friend of God, there's not anything that will limit your power and ability because it's not on you, it's on Him. It's not about you, it's about Him. Less of you and I and more of Him causes us to be everything that He created us to be. Because really, He created you for Him. Huh. You're His friend. And He created you for His pleasure. He wants you. He, he wants connection with you. He wants intimacy with you. He wants relationship with you. He created you for Himself. And He's very jealous of you in a good way. There is good jealousy because... The devil never created anything, so there's got to be the good side to everything. Amen? So, these last two passages, and I'll end with this. John 15 and verse 12. John 15 and 12. 
This is my commandment, that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love 